This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Lisa Wysocki, and I'm in Ashland City, Tennessee. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 16th, episode 2873. Good morning, horse people. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Lisa Wysocki, thank you so much for joining us again to co-host. I feel like we're getting to spend a lot of time together recently. This is this is very exciting. Yes. Now, are you still having to get out of the house and commute to a facility to do this show? Oh, yes, absolutely. But the great news is, is that they've started the tree trimming in our area to get the fiber coming in. And they're saying maybe in the fall. So that's just going to be so life changing. That is exciting. Now, I want to give you a little heads up on what happened when they installed the fiber in in our house. (laughs) So they drill underground to send the fiber line from the front of the property to where our house was being constructed in the back. Now, there's an old home that was built in like 1950 out of cinder block. I saw pictures of that. Yeah, yes. and there's there's there was no plans associated with that. There was just like the the house, right? And 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 there's no idea what's around the house. So when they drilled the fiber, they accidentally drilled through and you may remember this because it was a life-changing event. They drilled through the septic tank that had been oh, there no. since 1950. <laughs> oh, oh. And they didn't just drill into it. They drilled through it. So they went in and then they went out and continued to go through. And of course, um, nightmare ensues. And oh, they yes. up, oh, it was awful. They had to like jump, pump it out and like fix. So it was so and, and I mean, they're exposing things that have been where they should be underground <laughs> for like. 60 years, 70 years. It was so awful. How gross is that? It was awful. So just be aware, mark all the things. <laughs> there was no way to mark it though, because it was put in in like right. 1950 and it was 2020, you know? So it was crazy, but it was very exciting around these parts for a while. And the really exciting imagine. part was it didn't stop raining the entire time. We were <laughs> on it, so. Well, we have a septic tank. We know where it is, but we have heard kind of through the grapevine from the old timers in the area that there are two other septic tanks locations unknown okay. on the property. Oh, I hope I didn't jinx you. That would be awful. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, on today's show, you're going to get – we've been getting really good feedback about Lisa coming into co-host. So we're going to chit-chat for a while, and then we're going to talk horses and escape artists and fencing issues and injuries and things like that. And then we're going to hear from Dr. Tucker, which is uh, keeping a horse's mouth healthy that Jennifer recorded. And then we're going to bring some weird news submitted by you. So stick around. But first – It's time for Daily Winnies. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy 
right. So I got to do the auditor birthday winnies for Glenn in his honor and to Abby Fultz, one of our friends of the show, Abby. And uh, so happy birthday, Abby. The other daily winnie is that I have is we talked a lot about on Monday's show, the Irish draft that I have in training. And I, I have some issues trying to get him to like kind of move forward. And we had an Irish draft breeder expert on who told me, okay, what you need to do is just get him out of the arena. I mean, he's only been backed like five times. I don't usually take horses out of the arena with so few rides, but okay. That's what they told me to do. So yesterday you're going to love this. His owner came over to see him and I was like, Hey, do you mind hopping up on Duke? Who is my 29 year old saint of an angel baby? And she hopped on him bareback and we rode out of the arena on like, we didn't hit the trail, but like out of the arena in a yard and it was going really well, Lisa. Now I didn't choose the best day weather wise to do it, but sometimes you got to like do what you do. So it was like, crazy gusting winds like it's oklahoma where the wind comes sweeping down the plane yeah that's a real (laughs) thing (laughs) so it's like gusting 50 mile an hour gusts of wind okay so we've got that going for us i'm on this baby horse i did throw a western saddle on him i have like just a plastic you know wintech western saddle threw that on him took him out Following Duke, the wind is blowing. I'm like okay just stay calm just stay calm and then we have uh, across the street neighbor with two vicious German shepherds and they see us walking kind of down the road and they're like, you know, so they're going crazy. So we've got gusting miles, 50 mile an hour wind, German shepherds, and we're located fairly close to Tinker air force base. Oh no. And I (laughs) heard this noise. I was like, what is that? What, What is that noise? And she's like, but from Patty's like, Oh God, here it comes. And I look up and there is like, I don't know what you call four, a four ship of helicopters, <laughs> oh <my> like goodness. <laughs> four military helicopters coming right for us, fairly low, directly over us. And I could see them coming and they had, they're not, they're not turning. They're just coming straight directly above us. And I was like, this is how I die. <laughs> let me, let me pick the moment that four military loud ass oh, no. helicopters are going <laughs> to fly overhead. Dogs are barking. Wind is blowing. Helicopters are coming. And I was like, let me just get close to Duke because Duke doesn't care what happens around him. He has no bubble at all. And yeah. so I'm like, I'm just going to put Alistar's nose on Duke's butt. Alistar's nose <laughs> on Duke's butt. And lo and behold, we survived. I did not die. I'm here, but it was, uh, I mean, I definitely was more spooked than him, but as the trainer of baby horses, you have to keep your adrenaline low. You have to stay calm. And I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to so be what fine. Was his react- what was his reaction? Oh my God, he didn't react at all. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying on Monday's show. This is horse. It's so funny. He was so difficult. Now we're going to talk a little bit about fencing and things like that. Yeah. He has been very difficult to manage as far as like keeping him happy outside of training, but everything I've done training wise with him, he's had this like Irish guy attitude about like, okay, whatever. First sir single, the bear rode him. It's the first saddle, first bridle, nothing. I don't know. Military helicopters descending (laughs) from the sky above you in 50 mile an hour winds with German shepherds looking like they want to murder you. Okay. That's fine. Oh, that, that reminds me of uh, when I was at saddle up, which is different therapeutic riding center we had a halflinger who was three who came in and he had a perfect 
gate for therapeutic riding. So it was kind of an experiment to to get him as a young horse uh, trained for therapeutic riding. And, and so same type of situation where he didn't really want to move in the arena. So I took him out. I think I'd been on him, I don't know, maybe five or six times, just like you and with with Alistar just and easy just walk around exactly Kay. so so we ended up the only place that we could ride was they had an outdoor kind of obstacle course area and so but there was a track around it so I thought we're just going to walk around there and so we walked around and we passed this little uh kids basketball goal you know with the with the post and then there's the basketball with the net and it's standing up about I don't know four or five feet and as we passed it he stuck his head in the basketball goal and got it stuck oh no <laughs> and, and I'm same same thought as you Jamie I'm like okay this is how I die <laughs> and, and then you know I'm, I'm just sitting there really quietly and I'm thinking okay what do I do if I try to get off I'm going to distract him so I could see that that the the goal was stuck on the buck of the throat latch and he started he was like sitting there really quietly and then he started flinging his head like left and right and the whole goal is flinging left and right and And then he's like huh and he just quietly and relaxed and he's like okay (laughs) this is interesting and so I just very gingerly reached forward and I I kind of unstuck it from the buckle and he lifted his head out and we walked on yeah it's like it's like in those situations they approach something you're like you're just gonna scare yourself yeah. why are you doing this and, but he's a halflinger and you probably couldn't stop him because and then we, fortunately his neck is you know 16 oh, inches long so you exactly yeah. and do I it. Do that. yes oh my so god great, so grateful to my ancestors that i had long arms <laughs> <laughs> thank you grandma (laughs) yeah oh boy next daily winnie it's your turn lisa so my daily winnie goes out to the country music artists vince gill rodney crowell amy grant country christian artist and emmy lou harris and they performed the most amazing benefit concert for colby's army and they helped us raise forty seven thousand dollars oh my god it was amazing and that's a lot of money for us we're a small nonprofit, but i have to say the whole goal was we have to put a 14 by 86 foot extension onto the barn because we don't have any like covered areas even to groom horses so you know we come and we're out there in the heat and the rain and the cold outside grooming horses so the goal was to do that but they did so well that we also were able to buy a truck and i'm so excited Yes. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yes. And and those names you mentioned are just phenomenal humans. Like, I mean, I have I've heard so much about Vince and Amy and Emmy and, and Roddy. I just that's awesome. They, what are, a cool they were thing. so gracious. And so we named our truck Vera for for Vince, Emmy Lou, Rodney, and Amy. So her <laughs> name is Vera. <laughs> and she had her inaugural run yesterday, pulling the horse trailer. So excited. We have a V8 and a backup camera. It's, you know, the little things that count now. Yeah. But it was so, it's so exciting. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank and then thanks to all those artists who, who came together to support Colby's Army. Uh, now, I did hear that you guys are having, you know, I mentioned the, the aforementioned Alistar which I called yes. for the very beginning of the time he was here. I named him uncle Dick 
uh, because I, <laughs> in honor of my great uncle Dick. So uncle Dick was out in the field and decided he was in a paddock because I keep the training horses separate from my herd of horses. So nobody gets hurt. Uncle Dick decided to remove the fencing because he just wanted to be out with the herd and it's wood. And he just, I don't know how he did it, but I woke up the next morning and I'm like, wow, that horse doesn't belong in that field. And I go down to the <laughs> barn and I'm like, there's three panels of fences, fences missing. He must've jumped over the bottom one showing his Irish dress yes. jumper skills. And, uh, and he was out with the herd. Well, this next couple days later, I have to take Zeus from muscle biopsy. And they're like, you have to keep him in stall rest for five days. And I'm like, that's hilarious. But I yeah. have a stall with like a teeny tiny attached paddock. And I went to target for two hours, Lisa, two hours. <laughs> I came home and I'm like, huh, that horse doesn't belong right there. <laughs> and I go in and Zeus has, completely broken, completely broken through the middle of some panels. And I just, I mean, how do you, aside from electrifying everything, which is what my friend, Elisa Wallace, who has Mustang, yes. she's like, you just have to electrify everything. I'm like, but it's just a panic by the stall. Like <laughs> I, am, I am prepped for that. Um, cause I didn't know. I mean, it's not like you can get up enough room to trot or run or anything. No, no I'm just going to take it out. I can't jump it. So I'm just going to take it out. Uh, I saw but, the photos. I mean, it was, it was massive. It was, if he's going to do it, he did it very well. Well, he just broke right through the middle of him. Not like he popped him off the fence, like fence posts. Like he literally broke post and half, which if some of you know, the amount of wood right now, the prices are insane. So I am, I'm going to need a fundraiser for a concert. <laughs> if you can get those people back together. I'll ask. <laughs> oh, now what is your horse that's having so, this issue? So Lex, who is, who is the horse who had the, the idiopathic head shaking and, and the, we did the concerts with Templeton and to, to help provide for his medical fund. And he's doing so great that he's now escaping. <laughs> feels awesome. Oh, so we have had the uh, the three strand electric braid fence, just just the wire, and that has served us really well for a long time. Except over the past couple of years, we have a number of you know repairs to the fence, so it's not charging quite as well. So we have been slowly upgrading. We upgraded to like a half inch braid, and now we're upgrading to a full inch braid. So so, but the cross fence between the upper field and the lower field, which is kind of soggy, so the horses aren't out there in the winter is a little less shocky than, than the other fences. And mm -hmm. so Lex, I got up one morning and just like you, that horse shouldn't be right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so he got, he got out and, and I put him back in the pasture and I fixed the fence. By the time Jamie, I got up to the barn, he had gone through the fence again. Oh my God. I hadn't even gotten back to the barn. I mean, like 200 feet. I'd walked and he was back seven times in 48 hours. And so, <laughs> so what he was doing was he, and he didn't care if it shocked him. He would, um, he would put his feet over the second strand and then duck through. He didn't care if he got shocked and just kind of hop through. And so, so we upgraded that to like, um, two, rolls of the or two strands of the one inch electric fence tape same thing and it was shocking at seven and a half so normally our, our fence had been shocking like at two or three not very high we, well we ramped it up to seven 
So it's like three times the amount. No, doesn't doesn't bother him at all. So he's been hanging out in in the little paddock uh, and in a stall. You're grounded, time young out. man. Your he time is. <laughs> and he's so sad. And I know you'll relate to this. There's nothing sadder than a sad basset hound. That's uh-huh. what he reminds me of. Oh, yeah. They just they they look sad. And then when they are sad, it's even sadder. It's sadder. It's so awful. So so yesterday we now have like four strands of this fence, this cross fence up. And so he's going to go out on a trial basis today. So to quote Spinal Tap. Crank that thing up to 11. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, that's exciting. I'm glad you're getting that sorted out. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, like, when did I I just when did I get old? Like, it's just like like an instantaneous moment where all of a sudden, you know, you wake up and you're like, I hurt myself from sleeping you know, like your neck hurts. And you're like, I didn't do anything. It must have been that I, I, I literally hurt myself sleeping or like you'll pull a muscle sneezing. Well, yeah, <laughs> I I think you wake up one day and that's it. You just wake up and there you go. It's over. <laughs> is it 40? Is it 44? I don't know when it is, but it is. It has hit me because I dismounted Alistar, big uncle, uncle Dick. And yeah. uh, I got off of him and it was this, you know, Western saddle and it's, it's kind of newer, new to me, Western saddle. And I have my vest on and I was in that moment of dismount and I don't ever ride in a Western saddle, but I thank God I had it on, yeah. but I go to dismount and my vest started to get stuck over the horn. Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> and, and I, it didn't happen. I think I saw it coming and this horse is 17 hands. And he's huge. And so I went to get off of him and I noticed my vest was about to hook over the horn and I grabbed the horn and I like threw myself backwards. So I didn't do it. This is all like happening in my head really slow, but it was like a split second. Patty who was riding, didn't even notice it. And I, I, I broke a nail. I don't really have nails, but like I broke a nail on the saddle horn. I'm like, son of a gun. I ripped the nail off. Oh, that hurts. But I got down like man up. Yeah. Carry on. Well, what I didn't realize in the midst of that, I also like jammed my thumb and I woke up this morning. My thumb won't bend. Oh, and no. also in the process of catapulting myself backwards <laughs> off of this horse, I land on the ground. I'm currently wearing a knee brace, back oh, no. on track knee brace. <laughs> like what happened to me? Like I just mounted a horse and now I have a thumb that won't bend and a knee brace. Like no lady. <laughs> Oh my God. So I want to find out what are some of the dumbest injuries, like small injuries, like where you were like, oh my God, I'm old. So I'm going to go on our horses in the morning Facebook page and I'm going to post what are some of the, I mean, we've done, we've done a segment on really dumb falls, but I want to hear like really dumb, stupid injuries. So I'll, I'll be expecting something, a contribution from you on the Facebook page. Can I start out right now? Oh yeah. Go for it. Okay. Okay. So again, 17 hand, this mirror was 17 one. She was a thoroughbred Belgian cross therapeutic riding horse. I was out in the big arena and nobody else was like there. There were people in the barn, but nobody nearby. And I decided to get off and I was riding English and uh, had her in a dressage saddle and I was wearing English breeches and we were riding with those safety stirrups, you know, with the little rubber band on the outside. Mm-hmm. So there's a little, yeah, the peacock stirrup, exactly. So, so I go to get off and the little lip of the peacock stirrup where it attaches to the rubber band hung up on my belt loop 
on my (laughs) (laughs) and so I'm hanging about four inches off the ground with with by my belt loop and this mare is kind of going what are you doing oh my god (laughs) and so I'm I'm trying to free myself and um (laughs) anyway long story short I dislocated my shoulder oh my god (laughs) that's a real injury (laughs) trying to free myself I did get myself I finally tore the belt loop and I dropped to the ground but I dislocated my shoulder in the process okay well my thumb injury (laughs) doesn't seem so bad now (laughs) oh my god I can't wait to hear all about everybody's accidents because I think they're going to be epic (laughs) absolutely well we'll we'll post that on our horses in the morning auditor Facebook page later and we'll read the contributions next week uh so before we get to our first guest Dr. Tucker I want to talk to you a little bit about state line tack because I don't know our if you're planning on going to Land Rover Kentucky Lisa but state line tack is going to be there they're going to be at the horse world expo which is March 3rd through the 6th in Harrisburg Pennsylvania and they say we're thrilled to be back on the road and look forward to reconnecting with our customers to provide them with amazing deals they're going to be under the american flag in booth 1901 to 1945 that's a lot of booths it's going to be big uh state line tech is also going to be at land rover which is april 28th through may 1st in lexington and uh so they're going to be in the covered arena booth 224 they're going to have 50% 50% off of Gatsby, Da Vinci, Oak Brands, 80% off Khaki. There's going to be also sales going on that are going to be exclusively debuted at the show. So definitely stay tuned. You can follow them on Facebook at SLT.com. This is StatelineTac.com and Instagram at StatelineTac. Uh, and they will keep you up, up to date with all the events and giveaways and more. Woohoo. Yeah, so, but yeah. right now, let's head to our health segment. It is brought to you by our friends at Daily Dose Equine. And I have last lassoed Dr. Jeff Tucker from thehorsesadvocate.com. Yes, he is a real vet, and yes, he is a real horse dentist. And every once in a while, we get him to sit still long enough to chat with us here on Horse Tip Daily. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Tucker. Thank you, Jennifer. This one, this tip is a little follow-up from one we did on cavities and pulp chambers. If you haven't listened to that one yet, head on over to horsetipdaily.com and just type in Dr. Tucker or just Tucker in the search bar and his all of his tips will pop right up. And we talked a little bit about cavities and fractured teeth in that tip, which of course had to do with the health of the horse's teeth, which of course makes one think, okay, if his teeth are healthy, that means his mouth has to help be healthy. You're not brushing your horse's teeth every day. So, hello, what do we do? Uh, well, if you do start brushing horse's teeth, do it in private because everyone's going to think you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have all the little girls that come up in the barn to say, are you brushing his teeth? And I'm like, don't use brushes called with carbide steel on them. It's not going to work out well. <laughs> but... When I, when I talk about the health of the teeth, it's really important to understand that these teeth are, um, they were made a long time ago in the horse's life. It's like the lead inside a mechanical pencil. Uh, and as you write with it, it clicks out more tooth. And as you write, you usually turn the pencil because one side gets long and sharp. And that sharp edge can dig into the cheek and into the tongue. And in some horses, it can make it very uncomfortable. There's one expression I love to say, it's not how sharp the teeth are, 
it's their threshold of pain. So if I put a pebble in your shoe, an identical pebble into your friend's shoe, and ask you both to jog down the barn, one of you is going to just jog, and the other one's going to say, no, I can't. It hurts too much. Same pebble, two different results. So we can't just look in the horse's mouth and say, oh, are they sharp or not sharp? We actually have to look at what's happening to the horse. Now, if we don't take care of the horse's mouth, they can start to have some health issues in there. Before I go any further, I'm a big fan of saying, how did horses survive this long without humans? And I get that. I understand it. And I know that the teeth probably haven't changed much in all the years. But suffice it to say that if you're putting a bit in the mouth or you're feeding the horse all sorts of foods that they weren't uh, developed for, and you're trying to get everything to be hunky-dory and happy in the horse's mouth, in most horses, they're going to do fine. But there's a good percentage of the horses that are going to start to alter the way they chew. They're going to favor one side. And I'll bet that when you chew tonight at your meal, uh, you're going to find that you chew mostly on one side. And I find the horses do the same thing. But they also try to avoid pain. Now, we all know that horses move in a circular direction. But there is a veterinarian up in Saskatchewan named Dr. Carmalt who put on a uh, computer skin over a horse and asked it to chew. And this is what the um, movies use to uh, put a, an ape riding a horse. You know, it's not an ape. It's a human riding it wearing these suits. And then they superimpose the ape on it. So they were able to look at the motions and, and identify it. He called it right-handed chewers or left-handed chewers, to which I was screaming at the back of the room, hey, I've been calling like, like that for years, but it's okay. I've been doing this since 1983 and just hit my 75,000th horse uh, last September. So I've seen a bunch of these. And what I've discovered is when you remove all sources of pain, which are these sharp teeth, then the horse can start to maneuver its mouth without restrictions and move his tongue without restrictions. And we keep forgetting how important the tongue is. The tongue is used to not only clean the mouth, it's to distribute the food so it can be chewed properly, distribute the saliva, which is filled with um, antibodies. And we all know about antibodies from the COVID thing. We've all been talking about it. But we have to kill some of the bad bacteria that enter the mouth so that's there. Um, I've seen some horses that are very old, like in their 30s, that can't move their tongue, and they actually get a stale smell in their mouth. It's like old man's breath. And I file their teeth and come back in you know, three to six months, and there's no smell in there anymore. Also, and this is really important, if I come up to you and gently push you on your shoulders, and you resist that pushing with your core muscles, if I did that for 30 days and you resisted, your abdominals, your legs, all those muscles would become strong. Well, the tongue moves around the teeth and the teeth resist that movement and strengthen their attachment in the socket. How do I know this? Because again, these 25, 30 year old horses come to me with razor sharp edges that have never been floated. And I'll go in and start to rasp their teeth and they all rattle. They're Ew. just rattling around in there. Yeah. And I'll just knock off the edges, do a, half a job just to make them comfortable. And I'll come back in three months and finish the job. And the teeth are now firmly solid in their sockets in that quick amount of time. It's fascinating to watch.
So the health of the mouth is dependent on one, the movement of the jaw so it puts the right pressure on the teeth, and two, the movement of the tongue to circulate and get around and get the teeth healthy. I've seen gum disease in horses that when you take away the sharp edges, the tongue and the saliva cure the uh, gum disease within three to six months. It's just virtually gone. And I find that horses that are routinely taken care of at least once a year, and if you're competing twice a year to keep them in the maintenance mode, those horses don't get gum disease, they don't get fractured teeth, and it's just an amazing change for these horses. So I'm curious, um, if we could pause here for a minute, you mentioned that the tongue helps to clean the mouth. Could you expand on that and what that exactly means? I find that when I first go into a horse's mouth to look around, feel, uh, they'll have hay packed up in some areas. Uh, some of them way in the very back into a small golf ball sized ball that's just sitting there and can't be cleared. And once I take all the restrictions, blockages, pain points away from the horse, the tongue can now move more effectively in the mouth and keep all the, uh, the, the, the bits of hay and grass are completely gone. So that's why I like to, uh, I don't like to automatically flush out a horse's mouth and then examine. I think where the food is and how much he's packing is an important part of the exam that nobody talks about. So, so, yeah. so the horse doesn't, doesn't have the ability to get a toothpick. So he's got to use his tongue to get those little slivers of popcorn skins out from behind his teeth. <laughs> yeah, actually the gum connections, to the teeth will improve. So you don't get those little slivers in there. It's pretty rare. Yes, they can have spaces between the teeth and food can get trapped in there. And that's a whole different subject. But for the majority of horses, Taking away the pain points, you'd be amazed. You can touch your, the tip of your tongue to every part of your mouth right now. And I know you guys listening are doing that right now. Well, so can the horse. Their tongue is so movable in the mouth. They can clean everywhere in there. And if they can't move because it hurts, I hope your microphone can pick this up. <laughs> so as a horse owner... Obviously, we need to have a qualified uh, person look at our horse's teeth at least once a year to make sure everything is cool in there. Are there other things that we should either do or watch for besides that? Feed as much forage as you can and have somebody look at the teeth. Unfortunately, not all equine dentists, whether they're veterinarians or not, um, go all the way back and get everything. We're all good at some things and other things we may not be that good at. And I find that um, filing the teeth, what I call floating and what the equine veterinarians are now calling odontoplasty. Um, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's an art form and not everybody paints the same picture or plays the same music. So you have to be diligent and find somebody who makes sure they address every point on that horse's mouth make sure they get the very last upper cheek teeth which are very hard because they curve in and they curve up and they hide back there from a, a straight float blade uh but that's i you know i've done so many i can get back there and i get them all but you know what's fascinating jennifer is once you pull out these sharp edges the horse's head almost falls to the ground their tongue starts moving they look like you know, I wanted to kill you when you first came in, but right now you're my best friend I've ever had. 
the transition, the paradigm shift is mind blowing and addicting. That's it, why I keep doing it. it. It is very interesting to watch the horse's face because in case you haven't guessed yet, Dr. Tucker does take care of the mouth health of our two horses. It is amazing <laughs> to me to watch, especially for a horse that you've not met before. You know, they give you the wide-eyed, oh my goodness, there's the veterinarian looking. By the time you've been there for 15 minutes, they're going, hey, dude, where's a good place for burgers? <laughs> now, now, I'll let your, your, your audience know that there is a downside to floating the teeth. Uh-oh. And, okay, this is the you know, skunk in the woodpile thing, right? Well, <clears throat> now the no- horse knows what normal is. And for some of those sensitive horses, at three to four to five months, they're looking at their watch and, and tapping their toe and saying, hey, call that guy, would you? I'm, I'm getting <laughs> a sharp edge hurt. over here. I think it's going to be coming in any minute. Yes, I see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like me pulling all the pebbles out of your shoes. And now a grain of sand gets in there and they say, oh, my God, the world is, is ending as I know it. And uh, <laughs> it, it just happens. But if you're competing, if you're spending time and money taking your horse to be the best it can be over jumps or around barrels to be the fastest around the track. If they are focusing on their teeth because they hurt, you can't get a hundred percent out of your horse. It's no different than a saddle fit or, or bad shoeing. You have to make sure that it gets done right. Take that cause of pain away. And not only will they perform better, your, your investment's going to be better. And the health of the horse's mouth is going to be peaked. There you so. go. Now, one final question. I always ask one question too many. I apologize to everyone in advance. So, with, <laughs> Wait with a minute. dogs, cats, humans like. <laughs> get their teeth brushed, right? That's the big thing now. Your dog and your cat have to get their teeth brushed too. Why is it that horses don't need to have their teeth brushed? Because uh, their teeth are continually erupting. Throughout oh, their life. Oh, I never even thought about that. So the connection is different than in a dog or cat. And uh, the food is different. They are true uh, herbivores, or if you want, vegetarians, where the others are carnivores. And yeah, it all depends on what you're feeding. I, yeah, I I, I'm guessing just from the tone of the conversation that a, the more processed the higher percentage of processed food stuffs that the horse eats, the more likely decay. the more decay the more likely it is that you're going to have yep. tissue, tooth issues associated with the chemical balance inside their mouth because nature didn't make their mouth to deal with processed food stuffs. It made their mouth to deal with forage food stuffs. Am I kind of yeah, on the right track one, here? Yeah, I think uh, I didn't see any decay back in the seventies and eighties. Um, and fractured cheek teeth, although it may have been occurring, it just wasn't in the textbooks yet. And there's another disease of the front nipper teeth, the incisor teeth, called EOTRH, which is short for a long bunch of words. Uh, and the front teeth start to become decayed and fall out because the bone underneath them is being destroyed. And that was not in the textbooks in the 1980s. And that's a whole nother subject. Uh, we'll touch on that one another time. That's, that's, I've heard of it before and it's ooey gooey. So we'll, we'll quit with this. So for people who want to learn more about um, how horses' teeth are floated, why they get floated, more about mouth health, et cetera, uh, where can they find you on the web? 
Uh, the Horses Advocate is a great resource, but there's another resource just for dentistry, and that's horsemanshipdentistry.com. And there you can have all the frequently asked questions. Um, there's there's just so much information I've got. It's just scattered everywhere. Oh, and I also have a introduction to dentistry course at the Horses Advocate, which you can take and learn that, all the ins and outs that'd be for handy. horse owners. Well, that's useful because the more the horse owner understands about the process and the reason things happen the way they happen or don't happen the way they don't happen, um, the better ability we have to make sure the professionals we hire are doing the best job for our horses. Well, one last thing. There is very little science behind equine dentistry. Science requires uh, controlled studies uh, through randomized blind uh, placebo-controlled, uh, good scientific research, and it takes money, and there is no money in equine dentistry. No. <laughs> so almost everything... <laughs> almost until, everything until, they, until they create equine toothpaste, there will be no money in it. So there's a job oh, for yeah. you. Invent to equine toothpaste. It's, alf- it's alfalfa-flavored. Uh, yeah. And I have equine dental floss. Um, <laughs> it kind of looks like bailing twine, but don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Well, thank you once again, Dr. Tucker, for both informing and entertaining us. I will put those links in the show notes on the Horse Tip Daily webpage, or you can just go to your web browser and search for Dr. Jeff Tucker, the Horse's Advocate, or what's the third one? Equine Dentistry? Um, uh, Horsemanship Dentistry. Horsemanship Dentistry. There you go. So I'm so happy to be hanging out here with Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And I just saw coming across my newswire recently that all of the Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are now non-GMO verified through the non-GMO project. Tell me what that means. Well, for simplicity, it means that the place where the feed is made has been certified to be non-GMO and that all the ingredients are traceable back to the original place where they came from and they are all certified non-GMO because of that. It also means that there are no uh, chemicals that are added into the feed uh, through the growing process or the manufacturing process and it particularly means that there is no Roundup. That, that's um, big because it's a, re- it's a really common product that is used in the agricultural industry and it is used on okay. animal feed. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Right. So right. they do allow a certain amount of uh, Roundup to be in animal feed, but our feeds have zero. How many different horse feed formulas does Daily Dose Equine currently have? We have four feeds and four forage balancers, uh, six of which are carried by Chewy. There we go. So if you need to learn more about Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds or you want to find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com. Or if you want to just shop around for, for horse feed from Daily Dose Equine, place an order and get fast and convenient delivery nationwide, you can do that at Chewy.com. 
Well, Lisa, thank you so much again for being here. Before we get to, uh, you know, we do weird news, which yes. is all of the weird news stories that are sent to me by our listeners. I used to have to do all the research. Now they just email them to me. So <laughs> if you see a weird news story and you're like, wow, that's really weird, email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com. But before we get to our weird news segment. Tell us a little bit about American Harvest. So American Harvest's newest product for horses, equine hemp pellets, are formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pellets formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. So these hemp pellets they're derived from CBD pellets, can help your horse recover faster after a show, get relief from inflammation, reduce his nerves, and even assist with his digestion. If you prefer a liquid application, you can check out American Harvest's THC-free CBD oil or premium hemp extract, and that provides CBD from hemp extract. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Well, again, I'm not going to tell you where you're going to, where each person got the news from because, you know, I don't like to track people in their online, wherever they spend their time. However, I would like to thank these people for sending in these stories and more that I won't even get to all of them. But Glenn sent one, April, Aaron, Scott, Laureen, Charlotte, and Mary all sent in weird news stories for this week. Again, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Weird news in the subject line and send me the link. Uh, first one, Lisa, this is fantastic news. Uh, and if you didn't get it for Valentine's Day, it's still available. And you can just buy it for yourself because there's no better smell in the world. And I'm being incredibly sarcastic. Then driving by a fast food restaurant and smelling the French fries. I mean, <laughs> come on. So guess what is available for you now? The Idaho Potato Commission. Yes, the Idaho Potato Commission um, is now selling perfume. <laughs> that <laughs> it is French fry smell. It's um, Seriously. Fritz by Idaho, the limited edition fragrance. It's going, it's pretty cheap. It's like two bucks for two ounces, like a dollar an ounce, but they did sell out, but there is, they are promising to bring back more. It is a fragrance. They say the commission says, which captures quote, one of the world's most irresistible oh, no. scents. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's made from distilled Idaho potatoes and essential oils. I don't sadly have the website where you can go purchase this. I don't know if it's on Amazon or not, but I would probably Google the Idaho potato commission and then you can find out where you can buy what they said. 90% of Americans quote, find the smell of French fries irresistible. So okay, you now, be irresistible. Who, who would actually buy that? If you have bought that, please email jamie at horseradionetwork.com <laughs> because I want to know who you are. All right, next story. I want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so say you're going to have a baby and you really want to find a place that's comfortable and speaks to your nature, a hospital that, you know, really you feel comfortable and relaxed in. Um, 
Well, if you go to Taiwan, you can have your baby in a Hello Kitty themed hospital. No, that's way. right. It is a Hello Kitty themed hospital. What's Hello Kitty about it, you ask? Everything. On the walls, the wallpaper is Hello Kitty. There's baby Hello Kitty in pink, baby Hello Kitty in blue. When you have your baby, you either get it wrapped up in a pink Hello Kitty blanket or a blue Hello Kitty blanket. Also, as soon as you walk in the hospital, there's a giant stuffed Hello Kitty to greet you. Hello. There are 30 (laughs) beds, each covered with Hello Kitty branded, like, bedding. The nurses wear Hello Kitty uniforms and even the birth certificates have images of Hello Kitty on it. Oh, what? my God. It's what like a traumatizing a- way to enter the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Hello Kitty nightmare. Oh, my God. The walls are pink. There's like, uh, The walls are pink, but also, you know, there's Hello Kitty on the wallpaper, just so you know. They said that many birth centers are now mimicking the home environment to make a woman feel relaxed during labor. That is not my uh-huh. home environment. <laughs> I think if I were the baby, I would say, I have landed in the wrong place. Send me back. <laughs> Put me back in. Put yep. me back in. Oh, my All goodness. right. Oh, my God. Next story. <laughs> All right. Well, this is in, and we like to, to highlight animal rescue stories. And, and this is uh, from a woman. She was in Massachusetts. Her name is uh, Thea Everest. And she brought her new, her macaw. Kaiba along to visit her father. But before they went in the house, she always sets Kaiba down because Kaiba's potty trained. So she set Kaiba down to go poo. And um, as she set her parakeet down or macaw down on the railing outside his house, another bird like dive bombed him and he took off flying and became spooked and flew to a tree 60 feet in the branches off the ground. Okay. So he's in a tree, but, but she said he was a rescue and he was abused by his old owner and it was a man. And so she doesn't like men. And also because she was abused because her wings were clipped, but now they've grown back. So she's trying to get her to learn how to fly. So she was been teaching her how to fly. But then when Kaiba flew up to the 60 foot tree, she was too scared to fly down because it was so high. And guess what she did? She climbed the tree. No, she called no. the police. And oh, no. the police then sent <laughs> electricians with a bucket truck over to their house. So the problem is it's like four degrees outside and this bird is from the Amazon and you're up in freezing cold Vermont, which is a very reasonable place to have a bird that's supposed to be in Amazon weather. Uh, so she takes it and, and four hours later, Green Mountain Power Company rescued Kaiba from the freezing Brattleboro, Vermont weather. She says, you have amazing workers and the best rescuers I could ever ask for. Oh, my. I mean, wouldn't you think that the bucket truck would spook the bird? Well, she had concerns about it, uh, Lisa. Thank you for okay. asking. Because they were <laughs> men in a bucket truck, and she had yes. to, like, coach them on how to carefully approach said macaw and work on it so they wouldn't scare it as a man. I'm sure she was. She like, just let me in the bucket truck. No, ma'am, we can't do that. Uh, yeah, th- th- that is a... Uh, that is an interesting human right there. There you go. Next oh my story. Goodness. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with there. I have three more, but I could always save one or two. I mean, we're we're doing good on time. Let me just do all of them. I say go with it. 
Okay. Well, let's start with this one. I think Glenn sent me this one. I'll dime him out because it's about a Florida man. Okay. And anytime Florida man and our producer is living in Florida right now, and he probably knows this guy. Uh, so <laughs> Florida man says he jumped from a stolen car seconds before it was hit by a train and the car was sent flying into a nearby home. The sleeping residents were unharmed. The man was later arrested. Now, why was he in a stolen car? Exactly. <laughs> Let me ask. He claimed that he stole the car in a good faith effort to search for his own car because he left a bar early Saturday, <laughs> Martin County, Florida, and it's just north of West Palm Beach, and, and he, he can't find his own car. So it, to find his own car, he decided to steal somebody's car and go driving around Look for his car. <laughs> well, he got he stuck on the railroad tracks in the path of the oncoming train. So he dives out of the car. The car gets hit. Well, it wasn't enough for him because he still doesn't have his car. And now his stolen car is gone. So what does he do next? Hey, I'm going to go take that forklift from the nearby fruit stand, <laughs> oh, which no. then he went over and he stole the forklift. <laughs> But at the same time, he wrecked and vandalized the fruit stand. So there's fruit flying everywhere. And he was arrested after he actually had to flag down deputies to let them know, I'm still looking for my car. Fine. <laughs> I can't find my car. So I, I'm, a, I took, I'm only in this to find my car and then I'll go. He was promptly arrested. <laughs> oh, so, so Jamie, our, our questions have been answered. This is the guy who's buying the French fry perfume. Oh my God. He's getting that for his girl. Yeah. Uh, that or this Florida man, because I have another Florida man story. And his name is Philip Joseph and he loves his dog. Don't we all love our dogs, Lisa? I mean, and we want our dogs to la live forever. Yes. And, and most of us have a realization that our dogs are not going to live forever. But Florida man Philip Joseph was not having that. Okay. His dog needed to live forever. And he was trying to figure out how to immortalize his dog on his own. But he couldn't figure out the scientific formulas necessary to do the biological procedures necessary to give his dog eternal life. So what does he do? He decides to kidnap Ryan Lockhart, a doctor and scientist from the University of South Florida, <laughs> to keep his – he kidnapped a scientist and held him, telling him that he has to figure out how to give his dog eternal life or he's not going to let him go. Now, eventually, <laughs> scientist's family realized that they weren't finding – their scientist's relative and he was gone. And so they were finally able, again, let me just tell you what website this comes from. And you're going to realize that's why that I don't have all the details necessary, like how they find Joseph, how to come, where they held him. Uh, this is from the mother of all nerds.com. Oh, of course. The it is. mother of all nerds.com, <laughs> uh, man abducts scientists to make his dog mortal. And so there's a lot really left to there's more questions and answers, yes. but this does reference uh, multiple times John Wick and how he <laughs> should have asked John Wick how to save the dog. Um, but whatever. Uh, so he actually, believe it or not, was not arrested, according to this website. 
Uh, because, you know, everybody wants their dog to live. And he said that he spoke to a reporter and he said, I just get anxious when I think my dog is going to die someday. He's all I have. I can't let him die. Scientists, it says, have also agreed to try and figure out how to make this dog immortal, even though they will probably not be successful, the article says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you, you, you got to feel for the guy because he loves his dog. Yeah, well, that's why he didn't get arrested, apparently, because everybody just felt sorry for him. Now, the the next, I should have ended on that one, but I told you I'd do them all. And this one is so, well, this is one of those stories that you read and you're like, wow, that's super weird. And um, we're going to head to Pakistan for this one. Next. All right, Pakistani police are looking for a man. That's right. He's a faith healer. He's a local faith healer. This is in Peshawar, Pakistan. A faith healer was hired because a woman, uh, you know, they really want to have boys. And she had had three girls. And she was afraid that her husband was going to leave her if she had another girl. And she's currently pregnant. And the ultrasounds have shown that it's a girl. So she goes to a faith healer to get him I guess to change her baby from a a girl to a boy and this unlicensed religious healer (laughs) (laughs) hands her a nail and says, you have to nail this into your head and it will make it a boy. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm sorry. I just choked because yes, here's the headline. And then I'll end it. Police are searching for a religious healer who reportedly convinced a pregnant woman that hammering a two-inch nail into her skull would give her a son. And there's accompanying x-rays. Yes, there's radiographs of this. Did she survive? Ah, she did survive. Again, the more questions you ask, the more I'm going to have to give details on this. And I really feel like just end on the fact that she's okay. She's okay. She's okay. okay. It didn't go well. It, I think if you ask her, she'd probably not have done it at this point. But again, she's she has survived. Um, <laughs> apparently, he did tell her it was a good luck amulet. So she needed to uh-huh. do that. <laughs> All right. That's your weird news story. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed uh, your time here. You probably are never going to come back now. Um <laughs> Oh, boy. Let's see. What did you learn today, Lisa? Well, I I learned that um, I can smell like a French fry and be attractive <laughs> to everybody. Oh, irresistible. <laughs> that's all you need. That's, that's what I need. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, oh. it's okay to steal a car if you're looking for your car as well, just so you know. Wait, yes. it's not okay. He got arrested. Um, all right. Well, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Again, you can find all the links to today's guests, horsesinthemorning.com. We're going to post something in the auditor room about the weird injuries. So if you want to be an auditor, go to horseradionetwork.com and you can find the banner. Scroll down. I guess you hit the button. I'm trying to remember what Glenn always says. I don't really listen to him. So go to that <laughs> website. It's on there somewhere. And again, Lisa, thank you for joining us. You're so welcome. And everybody's spay, neuter, and